Wave Act, the web-free software company that understands what you want. Everyone, welcome at Wave Act. Today with Elizabeth, which is uh, who is the senior technical recruitment strategy and employee engagement partner at Consensus. She is also a member of the Enterprise Ethereum Alliance and the founder of the Web3 Index. And today we're going to talk about what to look for in Web3 talent. Thank you, Elizabeth, for being here. It's a pleasure talking with you. Really looking forward to this. And starting out, I would love to hear from you. What are you passionate about? How does your yeah, day look like? And yeah, maybe if you want, so tell us about your projects. Yeah, yeah. So, um, hi, uh, Elizabeth. Um, and I work in the Web3 space. Um, I uh, currently work with uh, Consensus doing um, technical recruitment, but kind of all over the board. I touch a lot of teams there. Um, we're also building out internal recruitment strategy right now for the company. Um, and then outside of that, I do a lot of uh, speaking or uh, communication when it comes to uh, engaging in the marketplace with, with candidates in particular. Um, outside of that, with the Ethereum Alliance, um, I just joined that and I'm going to be working on um, a project around uh, risk assessment and accounting for enterprises to bring them into the Web3 space. Um, so that's a project that's going on. It's just in my spare time. Um, another piece of my spare time, yeah, I'm building um, an idea. Uh, it is in white paper stage right now, uh, but it's just a concept around pretty much a Web3 library for people to browse. Uh, to get them to the right spot, because I think that um, one problem that's happening in the space right now is a lot of people are building the same things, but they don't know that. Um, and a lot of Web2 people don't know how to get into Web3. So I'm trying to build a solution around that um, to kind of bring everybody together so we can build more efficiently and faster um, and find solutions faster as well. So I would say, as you can tell, in my my day today and my life my entire life i is result is all around web3 <laughs> so awesome. yeah <laughs> yeah um the spare time in work free most of the time also consists of working right uh, yes. sleep is a luxury <laughs> yeah but it's a lot of fun you know it's it's something that i'm super passionate about um and you know, it originally started out in a like I was obsessed with AI, but then I found out what blockchain was and I was like, this is insane. Like, was nobody implementing this? Um, so, yeah, ever since then, I, I found a job in it, of course. Um, and then it just kicked off from there. So now conferences, meetups, anybody I talk to, it's all around Web3. <laughs> so, yeah, so from my understanding, you also speak with a lot of uh, developers, right? You interview them, you uh evaluate if they are suitable for a vacancy right yeah exactly. so okay so how does that usually work right um i i never uh we i'm a deaf myself you know i i know other devs so i don't need to evaluate them i already know who is good and who isn't at least in my network right yeah and it's a process to... for sure um yeah. and it's I, i'll give you the process itself so um of course we see a need on the team we figure out what that is uh what the tech stack is with that team what are they doing are they maintaining are they testing are they building out a feature are they building out an entire product you know what does that look like um and then from there i of course post the job and then we get a 
ton of applicants in. I mean, I went through a thousand resumes on just two jobs the other day. So it's, it's very, very tedious. And you do have to look at every single resume and read into what these people are doing. Um, but of course, beyond that, once you kind of get a glimpse to see, okay, the tech stack looks good, they have Web3 experience, and whether that's personal or professional, I don't really care. Some teams do, some management do need people that can hit the ground running. Um, I always ask, do you have any kind of experience in Web3? Because we're just so new um, that personal projects or personal uh, engagement is totally relevant as well. Um, and then, you know, I sit down with them, have a conversation with them, talk to them about, you know, the projects that they've done, the positions, um, and see if that fits in and aligns with getting them in the door and they can hit the ground running, running kind of situation. So it's, it's a long process. Um, and at that point they go on to do the interviews and I walk them through that all the way to negotiation. Um, so I work with, you know, finance and HR hiring managers to negotiate those that offer. Um, and then from there, I hand it off to the onboarding. So yes, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. And it's very interesting to listen to what people are building. Um, I think that's my favorite part is that not only am I judging them, but they're, they're also judging me at the same time. Um, but I'm getting to learn about like these different technologies that people are building in the industry. It's just, it's mind blowing. So yeah. Yeah, it, it's crazy. So really so much important. Uh, incredible stuff out there right? absolutely um from other uh, blockchain i, I think man, many people that actually get into crypto right uh, are very quickly surprised how large the ecosystem already is right and it's not just uh, layer ones it's not just layer twos it's multi-chain it's uh, from smart contracts it's all over the place right um so much stuff you actually can learn or have to learn to get to a certain stage right exactly. and sorry i said exactly yeah yeah and i would say that another piece to that is around like um you know we're, essentially we're taking everything that is already built in the world from things that are manually done irl or in real life um all the way down to web 2 technologies and turning them into technologies. So imagine that whole spectrum and moving it over to Web3. So there's just so much space to build, so many things to convert over, um, so much automation that's being done. Uh, I mean, definitely blockchain in particular, any Web3 solution has the ability to annihilate industries and I don't wanna say it, but jobs as well. Um, but of course, as humankind, we will convert to you know whatever works. Um, we'll just work in a different way of life. So, but yeah, it's yeah. it's very interesting. And it's, if you think you're getting in too late, you're not. Like this is, we're in the dot-com days, even though we've built so much already, there's still tons to be built and creativity there. Yeah, the opportunity is still super huge. Uh, no doubt in that. Um, yeah, because um, I'm just curious because you said a thousand uh, CVs, resumes for two job vacancies. So there's no AI for that. Like, <sighs> I mean, I personally like people are more than just resumes, right? So I take it very personally um, and I do want to look at each individual question and each resume. I mean, I've gotten pretty quick to see and glance to see if, if it makes sense or not, and then I'll dig into it more. Um, but yeah, I think out of that thousand, I moved forward 45 potentials. 
Um, and then from there, and it's, it's based upon location. It's based upon um, uh, years of, not years of experience, but you know, the people that are interns, I can't really hire for a senior blockchain engineer. Um, the questions around like, if you're interested or personally, professionally involved in Web3, um, so it's, it, I made it pretty quick. I'm sure there is AI, but I just, I, people are more than just their resumes and I, and I want to take the time to go through that. So I don't really like to use AI, but it'll get there. We'll get there. I'm sure. Love it. Yeah. So it's more personal choice in your case, right? Yeah, more, exactly. Yeah. I don't want to awesome. just delete a bunch of people just because, I mean, they took the time out of their day to apply. So I want to make sure that, well, most people don't know it, but I do go through your resumes. I do go through your LinkedIn's and yeah. So when I reach out, it's because I actually looked. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Awesome. Yeah. Um, out of those 45 people that you actually dig deep on, uh, what are you actually looking for? Right. Um, what kind of beyond that? pure technical skills? Yeah, so um, like soft skills, I would say um, verbal communication is really key. So, you know, if I can't understand you, I mean, how are you, how is the rest of, you know, our company supposed to as well, which really is terrible. I think we're going to get to a point um, where, which is a cool function on Zoom right now where um, you can actually transcribe what people are saying uh as they say it so i really have enjoyed that function uh, and and i know that other people have used it as well when they are speaking to me actually had a guy show me it uh, during an interview once and i was like wow that's insane um but it transcribes in real time and then beyond that but i think and for developers in particular you know we'll get to a stage where it it'll just be positions that just task out different things for individuals to do and it'll be less of a conversation more of like a if you can do this do this it wouldn't it wouldn't need so much you know verbal communication um so we'll, that's one thing that we have spoken about on the team because we see these amazing developers but we just can't communicate with them um so that's a that's a huge piece which is really unfortunate but you know, again, we'll get there someday. Um, outside of that, I would say, you know, I, I read into people's personalities. So, you know, if you have somebody who is, that's a hiring manager who is very, um, how do you say this, uh, more of a soft manager, right? Somebody who is an engineer that's more demanding probably would run all over them um, or, you know, wouldn't communicate effectively with them. That's some of the things that I read. Um, I mean, again, time zone, but instead of that, I mean, I hire people that I want to work with. That's kind of my number one rule. Um, so yeah, if, if you, if, if I hire, if I bring you on board or I say yes, it's because, you know, we had a really good conversation and I want to see you as a partner at some point, you know, maybe going to a conference with me or whatever it is, you know, uh, so that's kind of what I look for. Yeah. The mindset is super important. I think, uh, you, you can be the best developer in the world, right? Uh, if you don't get along with the rest of the team, it's pretty much useless in exactly. my own Exactly. And it's building culture at the same time, right? Um, a huge thing about culture. Uh, I just, I want to create cultures. And when I worked in agency, even though I didn't work at those companies, I still hired the same way. I still want to hire people for every company that I would want to work with, you know? Um, so yeah. Yeah, it, it gives you a uh, gives you a sense for the truly important things, right? 
because otherwise you might get I don't, I, I'm not an experienced recruiter I don't know right? <laughs> but um, maybe one could get uh, flashed around certain I don't know titles or things they have done or I don't know and with that approach you can actually maybe look beyond that and actually scratch beyond the first surface right mm -hmm. yeah um i always wondered how fast do you actually as when jumping on the interview right mm -hmm. it won't be always the same right it's always a unique experience i can imagine mm -hmm. but um sorry for the having fast. breathing in the background that's my dog <laughs> you hear her no worries <laughs> <laughs> I didn't notice. <laughs> um, how fast do you typically uh, notice if someone is suitable for a position or not? Or is that so unique across every interview that you don't have? Like, Yeah, so in all honesty, I try and dig in as much as I can because I want everyone to have a fair chance. Um, every interview that I do is 30 minutes uh, you know, long at least if it goes over, great. Or, you know, I'll spend that extra time to dig in more in areas, but I wanna make sure that I am completely wrong that this person is the right fit, you know, before I move forward. So I'll dig in and ask specific questions if I feel like they were answering too broadly. Um, so, so yeah, it's kind of every interview, I, instead of trying to cancel people, I try and figure out if this is truly canceled or not, you know? Mm -hmm. But I would say most of the time, it takes me all of 30 minutes, at least, to know. Unless, and I'll be honest with them on the interview and say, uh, you know, this is not going to work out uh, because of X, Y, Z. However, if, you know, if X, Y, Z happens or you're able to get a little bit more experience, like I'll even provide materials, then, you know, I'd love to revisit this kind of situation. So, and we also have hiring managers that have done that as well they'll put forward like, you know, fun little things for developers to do and say, hey, once you've completed this, come back to me and let's see where we can go from there. So awesome. So um, what are some common reasons why someone uh, yeah, actually fails at the interview in some kind of sense? Could you repeat that? Um, what are because you said after 30 minutes, you, sh you usually recognize if someone is suitable for a position or not and you tell them right away, what are some common reasons why someone isn't suitable? Um, it's probably, it's majority of the time, it's the tech stack, it, in all honesty, uh, that they're working with. Um, other times, it's not having done specifically what we need them to, um, just ha not having the experience or uh, in doing, you know, large scale things or whatever it is. Um, that's primarily the two reasons it's I, I I'm very technical in that sense that I am not somebody that declines somebody because I, I didn't like the way they said something like I'm not nitpicky like that I am very like by the book bullet point if you don't need this 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 and this you know then I I can't move you forward um, so I'm I'm less of like asking tricky questions I think that's ridiculous I really want to know if you could do the job um, and not try and like you know trick you in any kind of way that, that sounds really human <laughs> yeah. yeah but i've seen hiring managers do that in the past like you know they'll ask like one specific question or 
you know, ask about a definition or something like that. And it's like, does that really matter? Like, is that really the, the breaking line? Do they, do they truly have to know this in order to move forward? And it, 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 and again, this is not currently, but in my past, it's almost like they're trying to have like a power kick and it's like that they were a good applicant, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so yeah, it is what it is. And people are all very different, but at the end of the day, you know, I'm really looking for the right fit, not, not to, you know, see if I can get someone past my, you know, quiz. So. Yeah, that, that's actually a super interesting aspect because, um, what I think we are currently in a cultural shift regarding that, right? Um, 10 years ago or 20, 30 years ago, it was like uh, knowledge driven, everything, right? What you knew decided on what kind of positions you could take, right? Mm -hmm. And now it's more like wisdom, experience, soft skill driven, like really how effective you can work with acquiring knowledge you need to perform the work, uh, work instead of actually having the knowledge right away. Um, at, at least that's what I, I said as a non-recruiter, mm -hmm. uh, got to hear, but would be curious about your take. Yeah. So I would say that it depends on the position, the company, the team. And I keep saying that it really just depends because I've hired for everything and anything primarily you know, anything technical or accounting and finance, those are my two niche areas. But I mean, I've hired for LinkedIn, Fitbit, Netflix, CBS, Universal Music Group, all the way down to BitGo, tons of other little, you know, little startups um, in, the, in every single industry again. So every team is very different. Um, a lot of some people that are like, I would say big box companies look for actual people that can do the actual job and come in from another company that's doing the exact same thing as like a startup kind of environment or a building environment is more open to you know i want to have a jack of all trades and so i'll take a, a little bit less experience here but i know that they can pick it up they're more flexible um because they they also need to be okay with working in a flexible kind of ever-changing environment or wearing tons of hats um but yeah i would say Web3 space in particular, we are all about learning. I mean, my company right now, I mean, it's it's huge for us. I mean, if, if it's conferences, if it's, we, we have, um, you know, tons of different learning options. Uh, and I would say that that's across the industry that people are doing that, but it, everything's so new that there's no experts here. And there, I don't think there ever will be. Um, so anybody that claims to be an expert in Web3 running far, far away from them because they are not. <laughs> <laughs> With the interest, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, super interesting. Um, so based on that, we now heard uh, what actually, what, what are not the ideal developers for certain positions uh, or in general uh, people to occupy certain positions. Um, what makes someone in some way actually outstanding, right? How can you actually, uh, are there applicants that you still remember in a positive way, for example? Let's put it that way. 
Yeah, the ones that I remember are the ones that hit majority of the boxes, right? Because I'm all about qualifications um, and went beyond that and had an actual conversation with me because when people interview, they treat it like an interview, but you have to remember that it's just a conversation. I'm just trying to learn about you and what you've done. And I, you know, I want to, I just want to know. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But, you know, treat it like a conversation. Don't treat it like, you know, uh, like I'm trying to drill you or anything like that. So I'd say the most memorable conversation or the most memorable interviews that I have are the ones that are conversations. And we go above and beyond talking about qualifications and they you can just tell that they're passionate about what they're doing. Um, working in our industry is really hard and it's day and night. When you get in, it becomes your life. Um, so you have to love what you do. And so to listen to people, you know, that are, te- or even teaching me during the interview about certain things, or we get into a conversation about different uh, things that are happening in the industry, like those are the ones that I remember the most because it goes beyond qualifications at that point and to see what they truly know and how engaged they are um, because it is hard work and it, and we're all in this together. So if you don't like what you do and you're not passionate about it, you're not going to, you're not going to fit. Like, it's just, you know, yep. you want to, you want to work in, a, in an environment in, in a position that you love. Uh, so I would say that above and beyond checking boxes, it's all about like having a real conversation with me. Yeah, and uh, it makes the whole uh, discussion much more authentic, right? And true, right? Exactly. You actually get to know each other beyond that, I would say, fake smile and everything, right? Yeah. Which you, which uh, many people usually have during interviews. Um, so, yeah, discussions are great, like authentic ones. And I'm 100% sure and I really would love to hear this now. Um, what what are some really crazy strategies you have discovered to date to actually land a job? And maybe some of them have worked, did some of them work or not? And whatever you can and want to share. Okay, so strategies for individuals to... Um, yeah, so I was actually talking to my friend about this. I was like, this is such a good question. Um, back in the day, he said that he had spoken to somebody who, and they can't do this now, but was like an SEO specialist. So he created like specific ads that would pop up for these hiring managers. Like he tracked the hiring managers (laughs) and put specific ads of his resume on, on their platforms. And I was like, that's genius. He told me that that can't be done today, but you know, and yeah, so I would say that, but I would say one thing, like one thing that a lot of people do, which I, I actually really, I don't know how I feel about it, but I know it's correct. Um, but reaching out, not to the executives, um, unless it's like a team of 10 people, like a company of like 10 people, but reaching out to leads on the team or senior engineers on the team or, um, what's it called, like hiring managers, things like that on LinkedIn um, or uh, wherever you can find them in all honesty and saying, hey, I threw my resume in. I think I'm a fit because of X, Y, Z. You know, what are your thoughts? And and just kind of throwing your hat in the ring and usually they'll send me over people that they've spoken to. Even, Even if you hit them up on Twitter, like people will send me people over from Twitter as well that they were like, hey, this person wants to like, you know, get in front of 
us and I like had a conversation with them. Um, I mean, I've had, <laughs> there's, I mean, I would say that the biggest win is just going out of your way to be in the marketplace. And that's at conferences, meetups, you know, just shake hands, talk to people, um, be on Twitter spaces, say something, ask a question, follow up, be in their DMs. Um, you know, those types of things are super creative um, and are working as well. I wouldn't say everybody in the world do that to people because at that point it becomes like a LinkedIn scenario where I have over, I don't know, 3,000 people. I think we've had 40,000 people in the last six months apply to our company. So imagine all of those in my DMs right now. And I feel really bad, but it's just the magnitude of people that reach out on LinkedIn is like a lot and I can't get to them all. And I, I mean, that's, it's also a piece of my job that I wish I could do, but I just don't have the capacity to do. Um, so, but just know that I am looking at your resumes. <laughs> They're in the system. <laughs> so, yeah. But those are yeah. some creative ways. Uh, what are other ways? I mean, yeah, I just, I would say overall, just being in the industry, uh, discords, uh, being in DAOs, just getting involved is a great way for you to get your foot in the door and with more than just a piece of paper um, and more of an image. Yeah, don't, don't tell, show, right? And LinkedIn is, because as you said, not many people actually reach out on LinkedIn, right? Uh, for whatever reason, maybe uh, they don't know, right? Or uh, they don't want to, I don't know, but... Um, well, I think yeah. there's, a, there's a loophole there. So people only have so many messages that they can send, right? But the way that you go around that <laughs> is when you go to connect to them, you can put add note and you can type in like 150 characters or something like that and that will send them a message and you don't have to pay for that so that's that's my little tip there um i would say another thing that i've seen that i just thought about as well is engineers will go and um do like bug fixes or add to you know whatever these different companies or projects are doing um that is also a really good way to start a conversation with, um, you know, people that are actually building the projects and and show that like, hey, I did this or I brought this up, you know, it, it, and kind of be more impressed that way on a, you know, more work side level. Yeah, um, actually being involved in the open source projects of that company, I can imagine that's really impressive from a company standpoint, right? It shows the passion for the project itself and the initiative. Exactly. Um, really, I think uh, that's really, really, really a super tiny minority, right? That actually does that and is able to do that. Exactly, so. yeah. I And I, ha I didn't see it. I don't think I ever saw it in Web 2, but definitely in Web 3, that is something that happens. But you have to be careful because people will go in and create problems to fix problems to say that they fixed a problem that they created. Does that make sense? So you have to be careful in how you spin that. You mean like uh, they make the first contribution and fix it with the second one? Yes. Something. And then say I fixed it. <laughs> and it's like, but, but you made it. So in all honesty to actually uh get past a pull request with a faulty code and then 
being smart enough to actually discover that first <laughs> and fix it as well also says something that's about true it. that's <laughs> true <laughs> so, awesome um yeah um as i think channel in general as job applicant you're faced with a ton of rejections right um i think it's really hard on someone um but what i personally always wondered is as a re recruiter you basically are in front of all these people right you either have to tell them sorry it's not going to work out i can imagine some people are really crushed by that because they maybe need the job or whatever and on the other hand maybe there are some certain situations where you as a recruiter get emotionally emotionally um let's say I wouldn't say attached, but you, you get a negative vibe. I, I don't know. How do you deal with all that? Yeah. So I think first and foremost, I do my job for other people and not for myself. Um, so I do take it personally. And that's why I said earlier, I go through every single resume because, you know, when I was younger, my dad had a really hard time finding a job. And he, you know, it was back in the AOL dial-up days where you had to load a page every 30 minutes. And it was like he was working five jobs because there was no way to, you know, fit, like work online to find jobs. That became a whole new concept. Um, and there was, and there weren't really recruiters that knew how to find people unless they knew them, right? That kind of situation. So it was really cool for me to get into recruitment and see this. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can help people and like not have them go through, you know, what my family went through. That's huge. So first and foremost, this is very personal to me. So when it comes to the rejection side of the house, that's not fun. It's not fun. Um, but you know, it, it is part of my job and uh, it's, it is hard a lot of times, especially when you really like someone and you walk them all the way through or you get them to you know the final stage and it just doesn't work out for whatever reason or not. But I'm 100% authentic and honest the entire way through as much as I can be. Um, so it, it does hurt a lot, but I mean, it's just part of the job. It's just what I have to do. Um, but that, you know, on the flip side, when it works out, it's amazing. And, you know, in, in some type of way, I hope that I add value, even though rejection is there, I hope that I'm adding value, you know, on the call, or maybe you teach them something, or, you know, maybe I do get them jo the job in the end, or maybe I do walk them through and they're able to have, you know, deeper conversations and learn more. So I do always, even if in the rejection piece, I always hope that I have left them with something a little bit more than what, what they came in with. Like really purpose driven. Absolutely. That's, that's a great mindset. Really love this. Yeah. Yeah. Super cool. Um, a lot of incredibly interesting things said, Elizabeth. Thank you for that. Um, I think let's wrap that up in, if you can or want to, in three simple key takeaways for the viewers or listeners to actually act on. Yeah. So Web3 is not scary. Get involved figure out how, um, if you haven't yet, you know, you should look into any kind of learning aspects. There's tons of information out there. Just getting involved is enough to probably get you a job. 
in some type of way, whether you're a marketer or you're a developer, um, just getting involved is going to get you farther than walking in and saying, I don't know anything. Um, so I'd say that. And then, uh, you know, there are still tons of companies building in the space. We're only in the dot com days. So don't be scared of us um, and definitely apply, apply, apply. And don't take it offensively <laughs> when there is a piece of rejection um, because it's a two way street, right? Every, I think everything happens for a reason and that, you know, maybe you just weren't meant to be there and something, you know, worse could have happened in that if you did force your way into that yeah. situation. Um, but just know that life works out in a million different ways. Um, and, you know, we're all, we're, you know, all working together to make this all work. So yeah, those are a few things. <laughs> Love this. Yeah, there's a famous quote for that, right? The the thing you always wanted to happen is oftentimes the best thing that didn't happen. Right? Yeah, love that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, awesome. Thank you, Elizabeth. Really was such a pleasure talking with you. And for me as a developer, it was uh, extra interesting to speak with you. And yeah. Absolutely. Thank I you appreciate for being it. Here. Appreciate thank it. you everyone for watching. WaveAct, the web-free software company that understands what you want.